Welcome to Caregiver Crossing, a podcast to embrace family caregivers of today and tomorrow. And now, here's your host, Tina McIntosh, along with Sarah Shetty. Hello, hello, hello. This is Caregiver Crossing, the podcast. It is Sarah Shetty. Once again, Tina is... Uh, very, very close to joining me on the on the podcast again. I'm so excited to have my driver back so I can get back to my back seat. Um, but she is doing really, really well. And happy March. Spring is also just right around the corner. I cannot wait. I don't know if you guys have picked up from, especially maybe at the end of last year when we were doing some of our winter safety episodes, not a fan of winter. I'm just not. I don't like being cold. I honestly don't like snow. And so I am extremely excited about some warm temperatures and sunshine and flowers and all that good spring stuff around the corner. So happy March to everybody. All right. On today's episode of Caregiver Crossing, I have, and I'm going to sing her name because she has the most singable name of anybody I've ever had on this podcast, I think. Mindy Winnie. I love it. Mindy Winnie. Yes, I love it. I mean, you... I mean, you're brilliant at what you do. I'll introduce who you are and and what you do for a living in a minute. But if you weren't doing what you were, you totally could have been like an actress or something. I mean, that that. name is meant for show business. Oh my gosh. I I totally missed my calling. I should have learned this my senior year of high school in our like, we called it class night, but it was like this talent show, right? Uh Before you send all the seniors off and they move on to the next chapter in their life. My boyfriend at the time, uh, we had did uh, a skit, the SNL skit where Will Ferrell and that woman, they're the cheerleaders at the chess oh, yes. tournament. And you know what? She and also, it. you know what her name was? The actress? Uh-uh. Sherry O'Terry. Oh my gosh. Like Sherry Mindy O'Terry. Winnie. Mindy. Sherry O'Terry. Yes. I like, love that. You were meant for that. I totally missed that <laughs> calling. So, but it was so funny because years after, I mean, we're talking like, six, seven years after I graduated from high school, people would still come up to me and talk to me about that sketch, you know? So it was just so funny because I agree with you. You were meant, I mean, my anxiety would have never allowed me to walk that path. Oh, okay. Okay. Understood. Understood. But you do have an amazing name. Thank you, Sarah. You also also have an amazing role, um, at Sokoa, which we'll talk about Sokoa in just a minute. Uh, but you are the community programs coordinator for Sokoa. And how long have you, uh, been there? I have been in this particular role since October of 2018. Okay. So just over a year. Um, but I've actually been with Sokoa now for, gosh, going on about four and a half years. Great. So I started my career at Sokoa as a phone options counselor. And then I shifted into our caregiver support, our careware program. Um, and then I ended up shifting into this community programs coordinator role. So the first few years, I really focused on that counseling aspect of things. Sure. Um, and then had the opportunity to really just pour my energy into education and awareness. And, and I think I finally found my niche. So it, it feels pretty good. But. So let's talk about what is Sokoa. So yeah. it is an, it, a lot of people refer to it as a triple A, but before recording, we were yes. talking about how that can sometimes be confusing because <laughs> yes, a lot of people associate triple A's with the people you call when your uh, car's on the side exactly, of the road, right. which they can still call and you can maybe help them. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know about your car troubles, but, but what um, is Sako? What is a, a area agency on aging? What kind of work do you guys do? Yeah, absolutely. So area agencies on aging, and I know that's a mouthful. So that's why once people become comfortable with it, we refer, refer to it as triple A's. Um, but area agencies on aging, 
What's really neat and what I never understood until I started working for one is that there is an area agency on aging that covers every county across the entire country. So it might not be Sakoa. It may not be Sakoa. Wherever you exactly, are, exactly. You have so a AAA. Sakoa, yes. So Sakoa um, covers Marion County and then the seven surrounding counties. So the donuts. So we're the largest area agency on aging here in the state of Indiana. Uh, however, there are 15 other area agencies on aging here just in Indiana alone. So that's not accounting for all the other ones across the country. Um, but area agencies on aging really serve to be unbiased professionals in the sense that if you call our agency and you're looking to weigh out what are my options for my loved one okay it's no longer safe for them uh, to be making meals for themselves but they're still relatively independent or still able to manage most of their activities of daily living we would call them so maybe you're just calling to see what are my options you know are they would they qualify for something like home delivered meals would they be appropriate for a congregate meal site um, in one of the counties so we're really just serving again as those unbiased professionals trying to help you we call it options counseling so really trying to lay out what are your options um, oftentimes a lot of people are calling us because they want to see what else is out there before they just jump into putting their self or, or placing their loved ones into um, institutionalized care sure so a nursing facility uh, maybe they want to see if assisted living is the best option for them so again we're really just providing that phone-based options counseling. Um, we do handle, we're contracted through the state of Indiana to um, do the preliminary assessments for like the Medicaid waiver program, so the aged and disabled waiver, um, as well as the choice program. And now we're also doing um, assessments and care management for um, intellectual and developmental disabilities as well. So for the longest time, it was really focusing on those physical Right. disabilities where now we're able to open up to this larger population and serve them as well That's so wonderful. it's it's really really quite neat but um i mean i could probably talk an hour for just what sakoa does but sure. i try to tell everybody you know if you're just curious about what options are out there for your loved one just give us a call or yourself or yourself yeah. absolutely i mean i try to stress that to people is just don't don't wait until you're in this crisis mode, until right. you needed services for your loved one a month ago, and now you're just trying to reach out and figure out what's going on. Just give us a call. Just right. say, hey, you know, we're not in this situation now, but I'm just trying to see what our options are and, you know, just trying to put this plan into place, just being proactive. So so what generally is the process, <clears throat> let's say, if, um, you know, somebody calls for their parent mm -hmm. um, and just wants to kind of ask questions and then it's determined that, yes, there is a need or a service that would really greatly um, benefit this person, are they then assigned kind of like a case manager that oversees their care absolutely. and their services? Yeah, absolutely. So if, you know, a son or a daughter or a family member just called and they're inquiring and it, it does appear to us, okay, you know, it does, based on what you're reporting to us, we, we really should do a phone assessment, an initial phone assessment. So if that client is oriented enough and able to have a conversation with us we would want to get them on the phone first and do an actual assessment with the client whoever's looking to receive services um, but if you know in the event that they're not able to speak for themselves um, as long as we can just get the permission to get their loved one their power of attorney on the other line to start that phone assessment um, that is great so that phone assessment typically takes gosh i would say at, at 
no longer than an hour, probably much shorter than that. But once they go through that initial phone assessment, and if they appear to be eligible at that point in time, we hand them off to what we call field options counselors. So you start with those phone options counselors. So everything is phone-based. So there's really no face-to-face unless they were to come in and do a walk-in appointment, which is absolutely available. Um, But then, like I said, we hand them off to those field options counselors, and they're really kind of overseeing the case until Medicaid is, is in place and approved. Um, and at that point, then services for the waiver um, would, I guess, go ahead and start at that point in time. So those field options counselors, they work with the client and the family members for a short period of time, maybe a few months. Okay. Once everything is put into place, they are handed off to a care manager for ongoing case management services. So okay. that care manager will most likely see them throughout the entire duration of their wow. of their case so just checking in just checking seeing, in absolutely know, implementing additional services as needed absolutely. as maybe they're progressing or change. just generally yeah. aging or progressing through maybe a diagnosis right. okay yep. exactly absolutely so and then we've also got like i had mentioned before the our meals and more program so they provide home delivered meals they also have the congregate meal sites oh my gosh there's tons of meal sites all throughout the eight counties that we serve so that would be for people if they're still able to get out and drive them drive themselves maybe a short distance but you know short enough to be able to get themselves out so they can still socialize and enjoy a nice midday well, I was just meal say you know yes. what if it was just um you know last week we talked to um lauren Gwynn, who's with the shepherd center yeah. of hamilton yes, county absolutely, yeah. yeah and uh, most of our our focus was talking about um, one of the biggest risks of aging, which is isolation and loneliness. Absolutely. So could someone call, could a, a, maybe a concerned um, daughter or son call Sitco and just say, I think my mom is just really lonely. Yeah. What What is out there for her? Absolutely. It, could Sokoa assist with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I would think, I would hope that our phone options counselors, field options counselors, you know, they are aware of these these options, these opportunities for folks. We also offer through our volunteer program, friendly visiting, you know, so maybe they're just reluctant to get out of the home, but they would benefit from somebody coming by every once in a while just to drop in, have a nice little conversation. I truly, I mean, to me, that is my dream job. Uh, I know know. it's a volunteer role, but it's like, if I could just get paid, even just a little stipend, just reimbursed for gas or something. I mean, it would be my dream to just go around and meet with these folks and spend an hour or two knowing me I'd probably sit there for like five hours I know that would be my problem too (laughs) so they're like we're not gonna pay you to sit there you can't limit my friendly visit people (laughs) seriously but I'm like I already know I'm just like well we were talking about retirement and how it's just not gonna be a thing once we get to that that part in our lives but I mean that is I just after seeing this and and just such such a need for you know just breaking down this isolation and and this withdrawing from things that bring them joy i mean right. i just love the idea of of how can we still provide that to people so right. um but I yeah mean, we've it's had a huge. lot of, a lot of people call just for companionship for their loved one sure. you know so again they don't really need any they don't have any medical needs per se right um but or it's it just might be really that a place like here exactly you know a, a non-medical absolutely. organization like joy's house absolutely that, you know we are serving guests that <laughs> might a lot of times it's not safe for them to be home by sure. themselves sure. but a big part of it is just 
getting out of the house. Absolutely. Activity. Keeping them stimulated. Connection with Abs- other people. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I, I remember the first time I ever uh, worked an exhibit booth at one of the day away caregiver events that Joyce House puts on. And I just remember calling my mom right after that and just being like, I wish that we would have had a Joyce House for, for my grandma. She had yeah. Alzheimer's disease and just... I mean, knowing all that you guys do and just for that simple fact of just a a safe place for them to be where they can socialize, they can be stimulated, they can be fed, you know, they can be loved on, loved on (laughs) from the time they get here to the time they leave, (laughs) you know, just play with little baby dolls and nobody's sitting there judging a older man or woman for playing with a stuffed animal or a baby doll, you know, I mean, exactly just a safe place. So um absolutely but like you had mentioned you know if they're just calling and and that's why i tell everybody to ask because we have this resource database and it has thousands of resources in it so you know yeah you may be calling and hoping that you can get your loved one onto one of sakoa's many services that we offer but it is our job to if we assess you and we determine that you're not quite eligible for what we have to offer at this point in time it's our job to still get you connected to some resources in the community Right. You know, whether that is just a, a support group to help you cope and understand this process that you're going through with your loved one or right. just, um, you know, again, like we said, just kind of knowing what your options are and what you can do in the meantime before having to call back and, and really get this process started. So I just encourage everybody, just give us a call. Right. It's a, you're Speak not open get, and honest right. about what you're, you're going through. And You'll get something. Yes, it's not yes. going to be up. Oh, nope. We can't help you. Exactly. Goodbye. Yes. It's, it really will be. Right. No, let's talk about this. Yes. Let's see how we yes. can start. Because if you're calling, there's yes. a reason you're calling. Absolutely. And so there's, there's some sort yes. of help or advice or resource that Absolutely. can be given. Absolutely. So Mindy, before we um, were recording, we were, I was just kind of talking to you about, you know, what led you to this role, to this job. Um, we talked about how you worked in a juvenile <laughs> yes. center. You worked at kind of a, a career yep. type center. Job core. Job core. Yes. Yep. A career center Absolutely. for um, young adults. Yes. Um, and then, you know, eventually to Sakoa. But you also have a very personal, you mentioned your grandma a little bit earlier. Would right. you mind sharing that story? Absolutely. It's a, it's a really yeah. a beautiful Thank connection you that asking. you have. Yeah. yeah it's, it's so wild. You know, I... Uh, graduated from college, shout out Olivet College in Olivet, Michigan. Everybody's like, where's Olivet College? Oh, it's just in Olivet, Michigan. No big deal. It's like a square mile. There's one stoplight. <laughs> Literally our only food option was Subway. Uh, but anyways, that's a, that's another story. So I graduated uh, with my bachelor's in psychology in 2013. And I was just telling Sarah before we started all this, I mean, my, my dream was to be a probation officer. Not sure where I got that idea from, but uh, I mean, I just... you had anxiety doing a sketch in high exactly. school, Mindy. <laughs> what made me think that I would want to just continuously put myself into situations <laughs> that I would never be able to work through and cope with. Um, but you know what? I thought I was right off on the right path. I started working as a youth specialist at a juvenile home in my hometown um, and then about a year after working there and just working third shift, I, you know, decided that I don't really want to work from 10 o'clock at night till six o'clock in the morning. Like, Why not? You no, know, <laughs> because I'm way too social for that. Uh, that would be my who, issue. And I hope I'm not making um, just a stereotypical, you know, uh, remark here. But I've just found that most people that work third shifts, they they like the isolation. They like being away from 
people yeah. and conversations and they're just very um just a personality type exactly. yeah absolutely they they want to work that shift and I mean, I loved the people I worked with, but, you know, at the same time, I'm like, oh, the thought of having an eight to five, Monday through Friday, I wouldn't have to work every single weekend. Um, I was just infatuated with that idea of having a normal, a normal job. So I shifted into being just an office assistant um, for the county court systems, the circuit court. So working, it was the friend of the court. Um, but that would be like handling child support cases or managing those. And again, just another environment where I was really just there because I wanted a normal schedule, you know, and, and then the opportunity presented, presented itself to move to Indianapolis. So I'm originally, like I said, Olivet, uh, Michigan from Marshall, Michigan, um, but had the opportunity to move here to Indianapolis with my boyfriend. And I truthfully just said, I'm just going to go down there and I'm going to pick up a serving job and doors will open for me. Like I'm not a risk taker at all. So the fact that I did this and now to just look back and watch how the last five and a half years have unfolded, it's, if anything, it's just reassured me that take those big risks because yeah, there is heartache and there's a lot of pain and uncertainty, but on the other end of that, a lot of reward reward is Mm -hmm. just, it just far outweighs any pain and, and anxiety which is temporary no, absolutely right. so it, it's just been so beautiful to see but needless to say I did just that moved down here with my boyfriend picked up a serving job and I'll never forget it was a Monday night I was just closing out the bar and uh, this gentleman had introduced himself and just got asking me about you know what's your educational background and it was just so strange. It's like, here, I'm working in a restaurant on a Monday night, and he's just like, oh, so what's your degree at? It's like, well, how did you even know I went to school? Oh, because I'm a young kid working at a restaurant. You <laughs> must think, oh, she's got to pay off her student loan somehow. So, um, But anyways, he had introduced himself as the center director for uh, the job care or job core uh, facility that, that he oversaw. I uh, won't say which one, but um, <clears throat> so anyways, he had extended the invite to me to just come out and shadow, to just see what type of work they did out there, to see if it's something that I'd ever be interested in. And here I am, you know, again on a Monday night, working this serving job, feeling just so, just, I don't know, kind of hopeless about my life. Like here, yeah, I'm, I'm making money, but I'm not doing anything with my degree. Um, and so to have that opportunity. So yeah, it was pretty much history after that. I went out shadowed and they interviewed me right on the spot, got the job. I mean, I was thinking everything is great here, Mm -hmm. you know, had no plan. And now I might actually have a plan for myself. Um, spent about a year there and you know, it really just, I needed those experiences and to just be constantly out of my comfort zone, but enough to be like, okay, you know, it's not that I don't have the heart to do this, but I just, I really can't connect to what the students that I'm working with, what they're going through. I was there to love and support them, but most of these students had never been loved or supported. And quite frankly, they don't realize that they need and want that, you know? So it was very hard for me to just pour this love into them in a professional way, um, but just to not know how else to support them and help them achieve these goals. And so after about a year or so, it was funny because the, the woman that I worked with, we lived right next, to, right next door to each other. And so we would just carpool down 
to Job Corps every single day. And so I had eventually met her significant other. And this person was the volunteer coordinator for Sakoa at this oh. time. So we're just out to dinner. This is a long way to get to this part of the story, but we're out to dinner and she's just talking to me about her job and how much she loves her job. And I'm just like, I've never met anybody in their twenties that enjoys their job as much as you do. You're like, can I please get this information for Sakoa? I mean, I'd never heard of Sakoa or area agencies on aging or what they did. Uh, not knowing how the last few years of my experience would play into a role like this. But um, I just said, you know, based off of just your energy and, and just how passionate you are about the work you do. I just knew that was something that that's ultimately what I wanted. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't matter what work I was doing. I just wanted to be so emotionally connected to it. Um, and so you know, she got me the information and that's how I got my, my, uh, interview as a phone options counselor. And, you know, here we are about four and a half years later. And now I'm leading a statewide initiative called Dementia Friends Indiana. And which is amazing. It's just so amazing. I mean, it just, you know, and, and not to go down this road, but it's, it's almost like you can't deny that there was some sort of divine intervention. I mean, my grandma's been gone. She passed away three months after I graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just to see, you know, I, I know I've put a lot of hard work into getting to this point, but um, I truly don't doubt that she had her hand in some of this. Sure. Because it's just, how do you go from wanting to be a probation officer to, you know, leading this work where you're really just trying to increase awareness of all forms of dementia and Alzheimer's disease and just ultimately try to provide a better quality of life for these people, you know, and it's, it's just so neat. I feel so fortunate to do the work that I do at 28 years old. It's like, I just would have never, ever imagined doing this type of work or ever had the confidence in myself to go out and educate people on such a complex subject. Right. You know, and I, I think what I appreciate the most about this initiative is we do, we talk in layman's terms. We talk about this condition in ways that people can actually relate to and understand. Right. And the stories that I share, not only of my own experience with my grandmother and watching my grandpa and mom and, and everybody provide this care, but you know, just living this experience through other people, right. through all the different roles I've played at Sakoa. I have so many stories to share and, and I've just found for people that's, you know, and, and that's what we were kind of talking about at first, just storytelling. I mean, that's what people relate to. Right, so right. Here you've got this touchy subject that nobody wants to talk, talk about because the stigma is just Immense. suffocating. Yeah. It. Yeah. You know, and, and just to have this opportunity to, to go in and break down the stigma and yes, talk about the condition and, and talk about how many people are impacted by it. But the focus is, yeah, you've got this condition. But who cares? You, you still have life mm-hmm. that you deserve to live. Mm-hmm. There's resources that we can connect you to that can provide not only the person living with the condition, but also their caregiver with a better quality of life. So, right. I mean, it's just I feel so proud to be leading this initiative and, and truly connect helping families connect the dots because I think that's just where we 
struggled. Right. We didn't understand the condition, but we didn't know who to turn to and who could support us through all of this. So we talk a lot about giving it a voice yes, and yes. how important that is yes. because when, before you give it a voice, it can seem so scary and just like this thing that's hidden deep down. That's just eating away, eating yes. away, eating away. Yes. And as soon as you bring it to the light, you give it a voice, you talk about it, right. you let other people in right. to help and support then suddenly it becomes not dark and, and, you know, consuming, yes. but becomes something that is lighter and out there and yes. you get help is yeah. most so, of all and support, exactly. you know? Yes. And, and so we, we talk about that all the time of just give it a voice. Yes. The second you can just utter, I think something is wrong. Absolutely. I have this diagnosis. Absolutely. This is what is happening. Yes. Then yes. you're inviting in that support, that love, that care. Absolutely. You, you Absolutely. know, you really have nothing to lose exactly. by Absolutely. talking about it. Absolutely. Right. And here you're talking about a terminal condition with no cure, no truly good treatment out there. And yeah, I think that's, that's what causes people to just shut the door and just, okay, let's not expose ourselves to the world. But mm-hmm. When you do expose yourself, you realize just how many other people are going through that community. a very mm-hmm. similar situation. Like one thing that we've been a, uh, a part of and have helped uh, initiate, like Connor Prairie and Hamilton East Public Library, we've worked closely with them to create these memory cafes. Yes, which are great programs. Yes. And yeah. so, you know, for that, I mean, the whole idea behind these memory cafes is to provide a safe welcoming gathering spot for not only people living with any form of dementia really at any stage but also for their caregivers to come and so the two of them can be out in the community socializing and so it ends up really kind of serving almost like a support group but we're not sitting down in a circle talking like about the structure exactly right, so right. you know yes you're bringing them out into the community they're meeting other caregivers but in the midst of that they're watching their loved ones connect with somebody else through, right. you know, a, a coloring activity or singing or dancing or whatever it is that they're doing. But these caregivers can kind of sit back and make a new friend for themselves. You right. know, it's, I always love when they pull their phones out and you watch them just exchange, exchange numbers, numbers with each other. Yes. Exactly. Yes, but, yes, yes. you know, I, I just think there's so many people that just, they have no idea the prevalence of this condition, you know, and it's not something for us to be proud of or to say, Oh my gosh, look at all these caregivers and and what we're going through. But I mean, just in this state alone, I think they project like about 340,000 unpaid caregivers Mm -hmm. providing care to over a hundred thousand Hoosiers that are living with some form of, of dementia. Right. You know, so again, just when you look at those numbers, you're not alone, but when you feel like you have no other option but to isolate and withdraw from things because you don't know how your loved one's going to act out in public or if people are going to judge you or shame you for bringing your loved one out and here they're you know maybe they've dribbled stuff on the front of their shirt or whatever it is you know i mean our goal is to get our communities to a place where we understand the condition and it's not like oh we don't care that you have it but we don't care in the sense that we don't care. Live your life. That we meet people where they are. You. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. know, so it's just like, oh, I know we've got a <laughs> long ways to go, but um, just this vision that people will understand this condition. And like you said, you know, if they're seeing signs, it's not like, okay, you know, my, that was my family for so, there were so many instances where we just went, something is so off with grandma, but 
you know, we never thought, well, maybe this is a cognitive impairment. Maybe she's showing signs of dementia. I mean, we had no right. information. Right. And how many other families are thinking, hmm, grandma's acting weird or mom's acting weird or dad or whoever the case is, but just like us, you know, so you could just put this diagnosis off for so long and uh, it's just well, something I could talk about forever, but I know we need to do, we need yeah. to schedule another yes, episode yes, later yes, this year. Yes. Cause I think both you and I could talk for forever, forever <laughs> about this yes. and about the need for the support Absolutely. and the services and the community. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, we were talking about, you know, when you see those signs, don't wait until it's the 11th hour exactly. emergency situation. Absolutely. Get, get in contact. If people want to, uh, you know, get in contact with the kind of that first step, that first start, the start of the process with yeah. Sokoa, yeah, where do they go? Who do they call? Absolutely. They're going to want to contact Sokoa's Aging and Disability Resource Center. And so the phone number would be 317-803-6131. Um, and again, our Aging and Disability Resource Center that's housed right there in Sokoa. That is really the front door to our agency. Um, but we are available Monday through Friday, uh, 8 a.m. till 5 o'clock p.m. Uh, so feel free to call. I do believe there's also an online referral form as well. So if you just go to www.sokoa, which is C-I-C-O-A dot org, um, they could also find that online referral form or just more information about who we are, what we have to offer, all of our different programs. Uh, I know I didn't even skim the surface as far as no. what all that we have to offer. It's tons. But absolutely. Yeah. And I'll post, uh, when we post uh, you know, the link to listen to this episode on our Facebook pages, I'll definitely post the link to Sokoa and yeah. that phone number. Perfect. Um, so people kind of have easy access yeah. if they want to get it. That's wonderful. There. Mindy, it's so like just very apparent to see, even uh-huh. though you're, you know, quote, young, which, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of people. Oh, she's yes, so young, but yes. just how compassionate you are, and how, um, you know, just can you you can tell you feel connected to, yeah. um, the population that you're serving, um, that we're serving, right. and how compassionate you are. So Thank I you. think you have found your your role. <laughs> Thank you, you have found your spot. Thank you so much. It feels it's not so... sketch comedy. No, it's not. <laughs> but hey, you know, there's always time to do that. Still, eventually, I'm you know, I'll have educated everybody in in the state and. Maybe in the country, so I'll have to move on. And then you'll go on SNL or something. All right. Well, thank you. I'm going to sing it one more time. Thank you. Mindy Winnie. Oh, Mindy (laughs) Winnie. Thank you so much, Sarah. And thank you guys for listening. Take care and be safe. And we will see you next time on Caregiver Crossing, the podcast. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Caregiver Crossing a podcast to embrace family caregivers of today and tomorrow. If you would like to learn more about Joy's House, visit joyshouse.org. And for social media, you can like us on Facebook at Caregiver Crossing.